Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown. And today we're talking with Forrest Richardson, who is a certified safety professional and the director of safety here at Fit for Work, talking about the motivating the motivators to perform at our best. What are the things that we need to do? What are those simple things that helps us perform our best? And there's some really intriguing insights about what the qualities are that somebody should have to perform at their best. So some great insights on thinking a little bit outside the box or the norm, where instead of just thinking it's all on me, what resources and what can you do to be your best when it comes to safety as well? So we're really excited for this interview with Forrest Richardson. We're joined again by Forrest Richardson, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about some safety frequently asked questions as far as how can we motivate people to perform at our best. So while asking for help is a universal challenge that we all feel for sure, why do you feel this is a particular concern for occupational health and safety or those risk management professionals? Sure. For, for me, it's always been because I think it's the gravity of our primary, primary roles. Typically, you know, our mandate is to protect life, property, and the environment in that order. Uh, in addition, you know, a lot of professionals that are dealing with regulatory and compliance and those kinds of things, they have the additional weight of the compliance and the legal liability. If I get this wrong, what's going to happen? From both a personal and professional experience is the fear that, you know, we're shouting to the world that, you know, I can't do this on my own or even though I thought I could when I started, I've kind of overcommitted. I've exceeded my resource limits and I just need help. And I know personally and both personally and professionally, we're probably all guilty of this at some point in time. I think this is a, a human condition thing. You know, I know I haven't asked for help on many occasions when asking was really the only logical and reasonable thing to do. So what does that mean in practice, in practical terms? I think some people can hear that, but then they can be afraid or not know exactly where to turn. So what is something that our listeners can immediately apply to themselves, their workplace, and to those that mentor or want to influence them? Like what does work? <laughs> the, the life hack to that? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's always reminding myself of the motivations that drove my idea of leadership in my past and, and comparing them to the motivations I have now. Now, that's a really kind of long-winded way of saying I changed my mindset. Really, for me, there's a lot of stuff out there, obviously, about what creates leadership, and, and that's always trust. I mean, there's a lot of evidence-based documentation for that, and most of our listeners already kind of know that. But, for example, when I was a young leader in the Army, and as I served as, as an infantryman, then again as an Apache Tech helicopter safety inspector, and then in my early years in EHS leadership roles, the most important thing to me back then was, number one, what I knew. You know, number two, how well I knew it. And then the third thing really was how that served to establish my own view of myself as a competent and effective leader. Don't screw up. Don't admit weakness. You know, handle everything that comes your way. And now with time and uh, a little fajita seasoning on my career, so to speak, and failure, you know, a lot of failure in there as well, I've come to recognize that it's not what I know that's important. It's what I don't know. And everything about the leader and everything about the leader I want to be is secondary to that one question, period. Um, I like Will Rogers in, in terms of 
you know, real simple, easy things that we can remind to kind of keep our heads screwed on straight. And Will Rogers once quoted, the job of a hero is one of the shortest lived professions on the planet. And again, at Fit for Work, we're geared, you know, not to be the heroes. You know, we want to be the mentors. We want to be the folks that just help people get what they need. Forrest, you mentioned trust as being, you know, at the core of that leadership, always looking for takeaways for our leaders. What's one way that they can, or, or a couple ways that they can immediately apply trust or, or that leadership to help them perform at their best? In other words, yeah, how do you overcome the reluctance to asking for help when needed? Yeah, that's a good one. And that is a challenge. Uh, you know, today there was an article that I read in Safety and Health Magazine a while back, and it had some kind of, it kind of started up the idea of, you know, today we might face something difficult. You know, we're, we're going to push, we're going to test, we're going to work hard, and maybe same things don't go our way. And then we're going to start to beat ourselves up. You know, we work harder, we push harder, we get frustrated. And the thing that I always remember is all of us, no matter how brilliant we are, we still have limited a, amount of ability or bandwidth or other resources for the task at hand. And even if we are the top experts in our field, there'll still be times when we all need help. You know, we need assistance from one another. Again, Will Rogers said, you know, everybody is ignorant only on different subjects. I really love that quote because it helps remind me of my place. Also remember plenty of research shows uh, the altruistic activities of the feel good of just helping somebody else out. Yet too often we steal others joy and don't give them the chance to experience that for themselves by helping us. One of the folks that I was working with on site once told me that he had, it was more of a personal issue. And he had said that, you know, his mother-in-law had always wanted to try to help him, you know, whether financially through college or whatever. And he was, you know, he was definitely one of those hard chargers and not willing to ask for help and kind of wanted to do it his own way. And he noticed that she was pulling away from him you know, over time, you know, just from a relationship standpoint. And he asked her, hey, what's going on? I just noticed this, you know, just name the resistance, name what you see. And she said, it's because you're stealing my joy. You know, I try to help you and you feel like it to me, it's like, it's not good enough or you don't want my help. So I highly encourage all of us professionals, when we need help, don't steal somebody else's joy in helping helping you out. And there's a couple of things, some practical things to remember when you do that. Number one, when you're asking for help, be specific. You know, be specific to the nature of what it is that you're asking for. The second thing is don't apologize for asking for help. You know, when you start off with, I'm sorry, or, you know, this is going to be, this is only a small thing, which you're really what I think we're really doing is we're minimizing that other person's help or their value in helping us. So don't apologize for needing help. But basically the third thing is, uh, you know, make that request personal versus transactional. What I mean by that is when you're asking for help, typically have it face to face, either a personal phone call or jumping on teams or whatever virtual call you need, you know, get it face to face versus an email. And then the fourth thing is always follow up with the results about how that person's help, how much it really helped you. I think those are all just awesome steps that you're, you're taking. And I remember the, the best advice I got, the worst thing you can do when somebody pays you a compliment is say, you know, as if somebody says, oh, nice shirt. And you say, oh, this old thing, I actually just got it on sale. Then that prevents them from ever complimenting you again because they, they see it as you're their compliment wasn't good enough for you. So we have this same mentality, I think affects what you're saying when it comes to receiving help is we tend to try to minimize it in a way of safeguarding. But when we safeguard that way, we're not, it's not actual safeguard. It's a, it's a barrier instead of a guard. Absolutely. And, you know, we come down to the, what creates trust. And, and for me, it's really, it's about our character, the calling that we have. That's the passion for our job. 
being consistent, you know, and that's emotionally and, you know, physically and can people count on us, you know, the same way. Circulation is closing the door and hitting the floor, you know, getting out there for, with our folks and confidence, you know, just striving to be better at our job and, and really looking to, when it comes to confidence, you're looking, you just be a sponge. You know, it goes back to what I don't know is more important than what I do. And so if you can master those first three of character, calling, consistency, you almost get circulation and confidence by default. You know, it kind of comes with the first three. You know, for our listeners out there, you know, when you need support or you need help, you know, and you're reaching out to just different people in your network or you get that out of the blue call about, hey, you know, can can we help you with this? Really, my recommendation would be just learn what those folks can do for you, whether that's the ASSP or, you know, somebody from your local association, trade groups, just really always be open. Look for the opportunities where you can just keep getting better. Forrest, I love that you're not only a master safety guru, but you're also a a cultural guru too, because this kind of goes back to the culture of letting people know that it's okay to ask for help in any aspect, like we talked about earlier, but then also in that safety realm um, as well. So thank you so much for your insights today. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Take care. We're really thankful that Forrest could join us with these additional insights today, not just specifically about safety, but how how and when that we should ask for help. I think it's applicable in both our professional and our personal lives. But Forrest did mention something about knowing what we don't know. You know, we had a little bit of post-interview wrap-up conversation and I said, Forrest, would it be right if I said, not only do we need to know what we don't know, but also acknowledge what we don't have and ask for help in that respect. So you don't have enough time, uh, certain resources as far as people to get out on the floor like he talked about. That's a perfect opportunity to ask for help when you don't know about something and when you, when you don't have the time or, or those specific resources. And that's something where Fit for Work can definitely help you out on. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we're bringing that power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. To get started preventing injuries, visit our website at wellworkforce.com or email us podcast at wellworkforce.com with any questions or comments. And remember, prevention improves lives.